Swanson to first. to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. The long wait has ended after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. And Lightning has struck twice. And the Tampa Bay Lightning are back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Episode 121 begins right now with your boys, Manny, Matt, and John. Matt, how's it going, buddy? Great to see you again. You too. This is this is the week we've been waiting for it. I, I've tried to keep it keep it down. I've been busy the last little bit. Got a lot of hockey going on. That's been the focus. But this is the week. You know the the energy's starting. We're only a couple of days away from the best Saturday in sports in a calendar year. <laughs> yes, we are going to talk about the Kentucky Derby, and we got a special guest about right. We do. We've got our boys from RacingDudes.com. They've hooked us up again. We're getting our, our best friend Curtis on. It's going to be great. The We're cowboy. He's, he he loves the cow. Like he's got the cowboy hat on his little uh, icon on the on his uh, on his email. Like it's great. He goes. What, what's his, it's magic? I think is his because uh, he's on Magic Mike podcast. But I think I, cowboys cowboy Curtis that works. I like it. I, like I tried it. to call myself Magic, but it just didn't stick. <laughs> Magic Matt? I don't know. Well, it's better than Rashad as he tried out for Magic Mike. It's both both movies. John, tell us how you did. Not well. <laughs> didn't he go by Jumbo John? Is that was that <laughs> he just called himself? <laughs> oh Magic good. Mike. Magic John. Mike and Jumbo John. Rashad, I would have paid to see that, buddy. I would have. <laughs> I would have. You know who's not as good looking as John Rashad? Channing Tatum. I can't not even look. close. It's not even a conversation. Seriously. It's not even a conversation. <laughs> it's not even close. And I remember seeing uh, an interview on uh, E! Online where Channing was like, if John Rashad's in this movie, I refuse to take my shirt off. I have a reputation. <laughs> No wonder Jenna Dewan left Channing Tatum. <laughs> she's she's still pulling out the map looking for how to get to Markdale. <laughs> so we're back, and we're back with two shows this week, not just one, two shows. You ready, Rashad? Let's do it. Speaking of some of our favorite sporting events, the NHL playoffs are underway, and that's where we're going to start the debate on this episode. Fabulous in here. The noise in this building and the anticipation. The energy is electric. This atmosphere is absolutely unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. I know you guys have been looking forward to the playoffs, so let's start with the Western Conference. Who are your four first round winners in the West? I did have Edmonton when we started. You did. <laughs> I did. But Mike Smith did Mike Smith things again <laughs> on Monday night. And my pick is a little bit dicey there is the LA Kings one. Unbelievable. I, 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 he, what was he doing? Anyway, I still like the Oilers. I'm not changing my pick. All right. I've got a buddy of mine that's a big Oilers fan, and that's the Mike Smith thing, right? He loves that he can come out and play the puck. He, he adds an elder element to his game like that. But, he's like, but once out of every 50 times he does it, 
something like that happens, and it's never like game 22 of the regular season in a game they're already winning 4-1 with five minutes left in the game. Nope, it's the winning goal of game one, <laughs> the first round of the playoffs. He made a great save after he effed up, but then well, of course, in the same play, they eventually score. When I saw the highlight on Podcast FFC, which if you're watching highlights somewhere else, you're in the Stone Age. The, the initial save that he comes out and makes, and then he goes, like, I'm waiting for that puck to go in. But he makes yeah. two saves in there, and then it comes back around. So he didn't get the puck out, which obviously was, was the, the problem there. But he made a couple of good saves to, to save his own ass, and then, then it goes in. I can't pick against McDavid. I know they've had no playoff success, Edmonton. But sooner or later, it's got to happen. I think that's going to be my theme this year. Sooner or later, it's got to happen. That's my theme in the playoffs. I know where you're going now. Oh my God, he's going to do it. Tell the kids in the background to shut up, turn off the TV, stop your run, whatever you're doing. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. Just wait. Just wait. And the second round matchup is just so intriguing that I want the Oilers to win so they could face the Calgary Flames Mm -hmm. in the next round in the Battle of Mm -hmm. Alberta. Like, I'm here for all this drama. So I, I got the Oilers winning. I got the Flames winning. I've got Colorado winning. And I think Colorado's going to do it in a sweep. Like, I, I think they're going to pull it off. I put some money on this sweep okay. this week. Okay. Um, and the one series that I think could go seven, and I think it sucks that St. Louis and Minnesota have to face in the first round, but those are two pretty good teams. But I think I've got the Blues winning in seven games in that series. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if they're ever going to look at this playoff format again because originally they, they wanted to build rivalries and, and all this stuff, and that's all well and good. Uh, you know, that's, if that's the intention, that's fine. But you lose really good teams really early in the playoffs when you do this. Like, and I know we'll get to the East, and I guess we'll comment on that when we get to the East, but like, like you said, like St. Louis is a good team. Minnesota is a really good team. You're going to lose one of those teams in the first round. And then when you look back at it, you're like, oh, yeah, Minnesota finished with a, whatever it was, 100 and something points, lost in the first round. Like That looks like a bad year. But yeah. when they lost to a team that was 109 points, you know, okay, well, that, that's fair. Um, I, like your, I like your Colorado pick. We're both going out on the limb there and predicting Colorado to win that series. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like your Calgary pick, too. And I'm going to flip-flop on you because you said the Kings weren't even going to make the playoffs. And I was high on them, and I liked them for a little bit. And I'm going with the Kings in that series to win against Edmonton. And I think Minnesota's got enough firepower that ultimately in a seven-game series they'll get back. It was a power outage in game one, but uh, I, I like Minnesota to, to win that series. But for sure, that's, that's a six, seven-game series. Wow. So we've got a, some very different picks here. Rashad, you got to break the break the tie. Who do you got? I'm picking the Kings, and I already was. So let's get that out of the way. It's like Manny said, um, the Oilers have had no playoff success, and I don't trust them to have any this time around. I have the Flames, the Avs, and I have the Blues in six over the Wild. They just seem to have Minnesota's number, so that's why I'm picking the Blues over Minnesota. Rashad, do you even watch hockey with those picks? <laughs> 
Everybody got involved, and here it is. It almost seemed to be diffused, and then Simmons goes after Hedman, and now you got Lavushkin. It's a hard punch from Perry, and it's the one is Morgan Riley ended up in a couple of different fights. Found himself trying to hold off Maroon. That happened for a while. And it was quite a start to the Maple Leafs and Lightning series where we saw a line brawl. Before we get to all of the Eastern Conference playoff series, let's start with the Leafs because we received a number of questions about whether we think Toronto can advance past the first round since 2004. What do I think of Toronto's chances to get past the first round? Uh, you know what? I More and more looking at the series, I like them a lot. And, and I say that and, and just from the path that Toronto can take in the playoffs, I really like the position that they very well could be in. Tampa is is a pro team, and Vasilevsky's numbers in the playoffs after they've lost a game are just ridiculous. Um, I don't think Tampa has a home ice advantage, especially when you're playing Toronto, because I think that there's going to be plenty of Ontarians or Canadians in general that will be there, uh, that will be, be cheering that team on. Um, I don't necessarily worry about a Stanley Cup hangover, but three is really, really difficult to do. The Leafs seem healthy. Uh, I think they're in a good spot. And the, the thing that comes back, that I come back to, and it's kind of reflective in game one and whether they've just kind of crossed themselves out, at the end of the year, Tampa embarrassed Toronto. 8-1, was it? Final? Yes. Yeah. You don't forget that stuff. And, and so I think that is early on in the series. I think Toronto, I think Toronto has to grab game two to win this series. If they go 1-1, I think that burns the steam or takes the steam out of what they were trying to do. But if they take game two of the series, they, they go to Tampa up to nothing. They now have to win two of, of the last six games in that series. Um, I, I think they're in a, in a decent spot. If I was to put money on it, would I actually bet on the Leafs? Never. <laughs> but if they, if they beat Tampa, I won't be surprised this year. Okay. So I love the fact that you brought up the 8-1 game because I think what we saw in game one on Monday night between the Leafs and the Lightning is Toronto's payback mm -hmm. for that 8-1 game. And for now, sure. And now I think the series gets interesting. Before I get to my pick, Rashad, you want to weigh in? Who do you got? I'm going to pick Tampa. I picked them to win the cup both times that they've won the cup, and I'm not jumping off the bandwagon in this round. And I also know it's going to really piss off some Leaf fans. So, Tampa. Okay, Rashad. Okay, here we go. Well, again, my theme, sooner or later, it's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. And I'm picking Toronto here. I think the Leafs can pull this off. Like, I think they've got to pull it off first time advancing in the first round past would you say Rashad 2004 18 years 18 seasons that's oh crazy when you think about that like there are there are people who just in, in Leafland hey I'll never understand Leafland I appreciate their dedication 
But you're telling me that there is someone right now who for the first time is able to go to a bar and purchase an alcoholic beverage to watch the Leafs. They've not seen them in the second round except when they were one year old. Mind-boggling considering the following for Leafs fans. If you talk to a Leaf fan every season, you would think that they're the best team in the NHL yeah. year after year. However, in saying that, I think the Tampa Bay Lightning are out of gas. Like, mm -hmm. I, you know, they've won the cup two seasons in a row. The cup is a grind. Mm -hmm. It's the greatest trophy and the most difficult trophy in sports to win. Mm -hmm. So I just think the Lightning are out of gas. I'm going to go Toronto here, but I'm like you. After what Montreal did to them in the first round, I'm not putting any money on the Maple Leafs. No, and and they would get Florida in the next round if that's the way it worked out, right? Like the Leafs, to me, are one of those teams that if they can get over the hump, they can really go for a run. Like, I also really like, I really like Florida. But Toronto gets through this series, they get the monkey off their back, they're playing in Florida again in a worse fan base in a team that hasn't accomplished anything themselves. I mean, uh, that's that's a dangerous series for, for the Panthers. I'm picking the Panthers, but in six or seven, and uh, because I think Ovechkin's going to make the difference in at least one game. I hate the Bruins, so they're going to beat the Hurricanes, of course, and I also hate the Rangers, so I think they're going to beat the Penguins. Okay, now that I've settled on the Leafs, my other picks in the East, I like Florida a lot. Two, Matt, like you said, I think the Panthers win in five, six games in this series. I saw Ovechkin back in game one, but I think the Panthers are just too much, too loaded. Aaron Ekblad's coming back. I think that's a huge plus for the Panthers. So I got Florida winning. I got Carolina beating Boston. I know Freddie Anderson's got to prove himself in goal for the Hurricanes, but they looked really good in game one too. And I like the New York Rangers. In fact, I like the New York Rangers a lot. And I like the Rangers to go deep in the Stanley Cup playoffs this year. All right. Um, our, uh, our Eastern Conference is going to be pretty boring, folks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> considering it's top to bottom, way better than the Western Conference, and we picked two opposite ones in the last... I've got the same in the East. I've got the Rangers, I've got the Hurricanes, I've got the Panthers, I've got the Leafs. Do you like the Rangers as much as I do? Yeah, Al. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, if we're... Are we doing playoff predictions or Stanley Cup predictions right now? Is John we making can, us do that? John, what do you want? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's go. Okay. What do you got? All right. I've got the New York Rangers and the Calgary Flames. Wow. Now that would be a heck of a Stanley Cup final. All of Canada, all of Canada would be bananas if Calgary yep. made it to the final. I and can't believe you got the Rangers going. Mm -hmm. I I really I really like the New York Rangers, and we've watched a couple of Rangers games. You and I, like I think the Panthers are great. I really think they are an exceptional team to watch. They really have everything. And now, like you said, you're adding Aaron Ekblad, like. That's what an ad coming into the playoffs. Like you're adding a top five defenseman in the league. It's like so, Kucherov 
with Tampa Bay last year. Right? Yeah, 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 like that's that's nuts. And you're going to get in the first round. Like it's not like he's jumping into the semifinals or middle of a series or something like that. Like he's going to get the first round to get his legs, and and then who knows. So I, you know, I really like the Rangers Penguin series is going to be a dogfight because it's the Rangers and the Penguins uh, as it should be, which is all well and good. Carolina is again very good team. I question the goaltending. I question the defense with that team. And funny enough, we had talked about this, uh, or I had mentioned this specifically when the Hurricanes lost Dougie Hamilton. I don't really think it's going to affect them, and it really hasn't. Their defense is no better, but it's really no worse. Um, so uh, Rod Brendamore is a great head coach, so so I get it. So like I'm good with any of those teams, um, but I just really like the New York Rangers, and I think this is a, a good stepping stone year for them. And in the West, uh, the injuries in Colorado scare me down the road. That uh, These guys have been banged up quite a bit over the, the course of the season. Uh, and, and Calgary is a, is a deep team that plays physical, that can really knock other teams off of their game. It would be a dangerous arena to have to go into. I, I, really, I really like both of those programs right now. That would be a dream scenario for the NHL. You'd have Canada basically all into the final with mm-hmm. Calgary, and mm-hmm. you'd have one of the largest markets in the U.S. in the final yeah. with the New York Rangers. Now, yeah. no word of a lie, fans. Matt and I did not talk about this because I've got the Rangers going to the final too, baby. Do you? Oh, my God. I'm, I'm all in. You Just are. In. I put big money on the Rangers too on, online as well. Did you? So, Good for yeah. you. I'm all in on the New York Rangers. I love the team. I love the makeup. Um, I think this team, they had a great special team season. So Mm -hmm. I think special teams can really uh, put you over the edge in the playoffs or really sink you. I'm betting that it will help the Rangers. And my other team, not as spicy as your pick, but I, I do think Colorado gets over the hump. I don't think... Nathan McKinnon allows that team to lose because you remember how disappointed he was last year. Mm-hmm. I I just think he he takes it another level this year. I think the Panthers are set up for a disappointment like you. So I got Rangers Colorado. All right, all right, and that's okay too. Remember uh, when the Rangers signed uh, my my boy. <laughs> Miko Sabanajad, and he thought that was a terrible, terrible signing. What a great deal that was. My Stanley Cup finalists are Colorado and Florida. I think, um, like Matt said, Colorado has had some injuries, but I think they'll overcome them. Everyone else gets banged up in the playoffs, so uh, that won't be as big a factor. And I'm picking Florida just because they have so much talent. Okay, Rashad, we got all our picks. We're in, okay. Let's put a case of beer on the line here, fellas, so we can have a hell of a pool party. (laughs) Do you have the Rangers winning the Stanley Cup? No. Okay. Do you have the Rangers winning the Cup? Yes, I do! (laughs) (laughs) So, I've got... The, I've got the Rangers, you've got the Avalanche, and Rashad's got uh, Goldberg and the Mighty Ducks. All right, let's go. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, i got to be honest. I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. 
Now it's time for our play of the week, and this play comes from the American Hockey League. We don't have audio on the call. Um, the best I could find was actually just some crowd noise. Apparently they don't have announcers in the AHL. Brandon Jiniak of the Laval Rocket went one for three on the Toronto Marlies, made one move, flipped the puck past the defenseman, and then with one hand swung and beat the goaltender. It's incredible, and it's our play of the week. No audio on the call, but if you haven't seen the goal, you gotta go to Podcast FFC and check it out. It was a pretty slick goal, especially in the American Hockey League. Yeah, but I, yeah. I, I love the fact that we had plays from soccer, basketball, baseball, and hockey this week. Mm-hmm. What well, the the one hand flip? Sick, <laughs> right? And that's then a great move. The swing of it, of the, the not stick even too. full control. Let me ask you about this soccer goal, Manny. Can we <laughs> okay. talk for just a second? Did you see we're getting emails and fans want more soccer highlights? Than that? <laughs> I know. I'm about, I'm about to leave the show. <laughs> just for you, buddy. They uh, want more highlights just for you. The more, the more we go out for it, the more people turn on me. I don't know what it is. <laughs> this, this goal, I, and I, I'm somewhat serious in asking this question. If the goalie is halfway to the middle of the field and this guy just kicks it over his head because the goalie is in whatever crazy position outside of even like the the box, whatever you want to call it, that's around the net in the front. Like, isn't that just a terrible goaltending read? It's a bad goaltending read. But the goalie risks it because from half, you're still shooting. 120 meters. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Like it's it's a blast to get it yeah. in there. But I'm watching it again. Like the thing bounced twice, and, and like my my five year old's got had enough oomph to get it across the line. But the goalie, I'm like watching the highlight. I'm like, wow, that's pretty good. Where's the goalie? He's <laughs> there's he's not even the last man back. He's in front of. <laughs> One of his one of his defenders. Like this isn't a highlight of it. This is just bad goaltending. Come on, it's not a highlight. You try to shoot it from four hundred feet and see if you can hit the net. Because because the guy who's never played soccer in his life can't do it. It's a highlight. Okay, I see what the where the bar is on this. We're going out. We're going out this week. I want to see if hey. you can hit the net. I'm coach. I'm coaching you five. I'm a, I'm coaching U5 soccer this year. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This might be the biggest takeaway from this podcast. I know. That you're coaching soccer? I'm coaching U5 soccer. I'm the next Pep Guardiola. <laughs> do you even know who that is? You know what? I do, and I like him. I like him. I know, Manny, I know two soccer coaches. Jorgen Klopp. From Liverpool, who is unreal. Dale Mitchell, uh, the head coach of the Leamington Flyers, by the way, coach of the year in yes. the GOJHL Western Conference. Congratulations to him and his staff. Way to go, Mitchie. Um, he talked about this guy, and so I listened to a couple of podcasts of this guy and, and footage, and the guy's brilliant. And then I watched this All or Nothing, and they've got the All or Nothing on Manchester City, and it's got Pep in it. And I really like Pep. Pep's, Pep's got some style. And he's a weird coach for, for the, the tactics, and it's very methodical, and that's, he didn't, they didn't know if that was what was going to play in the Premier League. But like he, he, I just like, 
Mitchie and I are talking about him, and he's like, yeah, he was, you know, it was weird. He's, he's kind of different this way and this way. And like, Mitchie, like, I like, like, he wears a leather jacket and like a black scarf. Like, he looks good. He looks the the intimidating part. That's that was my takeaway. So I know two. I know two soccer coaches. Three now. Matt Dumichel, Winter soccer. Oh yeah, you're coaching too. <laughs> I am like the coach of the year in Tecumseh. Rashad, we need to get you a soccer gang. (laughs) Hey, I could use a water boy, Rashad. Come on down. (laughs) John Rashad from Markdale FC. (laughs) And now Shane's going to listen to this. He's going to be upset that we didn't mention his name. Oh, oh, Shane's already in my loop. I'm like, Shane, I need need some help. We get this email, so we sign up Crosby for uh, um, soccer, and we're get a, I get an email like two days later. There are zero coaches signed up for U oh, five, yeah, or U four to six or something like that. So, so I'm like, okay, I'll I'll throw my name in the mix. So I'm coaching T ball and soccer this summer. That's how they get you because I signed up my girls last year. I was only going to coach Sophie. But yeah. they needed a coach for Abby's team, and they go to the coach of the year, right? So, yeah. well, welcome to the brotherhood. Welcome I know this is this is great. So, so I just notice how crazy that don't stand a hundred and thirty feet from the net and let the guy kick the ball over your head unless you want it to be featured on the plays of the week. <laughs> great coaching move. That's why you're going to win coach of the year this year. Our play of the week is brought to you by London Awnings, quality that shows. <laughs> totally forgot that that spun off of the play of the week. <laughs> what? Like, why is he pushing the play? It was a hockey goal. Why are we? Oh, that's right. <laughs> I took this, uh, believe it or not, I took this completely off topic. And if you want to see what Matt's talking about, head to our Twitter and Instagram accounts. Yes, Podcast FFC <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram. For some of the videos, you'll see the highlights and all of that on there. Uh, plays of the week. So we post that on Mondays. You'll have four options. You'll get to pick from those. And then we reveal the winner on the Wednesday show. Man, we got to get some cameras out for our kids. We got to get our kids on these plays of the week for the, the summer. Rashad? Ozzie. Yeah, let's definitely do that. <laughs> Staying with hockey, we had another e-bug story in the NHL. How great was it to see Tom Hodges get some time and goal for the Anaheim Ducks? I mean, I, in the NHL, in the biggest professional league of hockey in the world, that these guys sneak in here and, and are somehow necessary still boggles my mind. Like, you've got, a, you've got a depth chart. You've got a minor league team. How is this guy the one that you, you have to use and, and is even around. So, it, it, yeah, it's cute. It's fun. It, you know, the guys get a get a kick out of it around and stuff. But the second he goes in, to me, it doesn't become professional anymore. It looks it looks messy. I think this is great. Somehow, <laughs> we got to get to a rink and play play goal in these warm-ups so that we can be the emergency backup goaltender for an NHL team. All Somehow, we got to work this yeah. in. All you got to be is apparently the assistant concession manager at the the, hip, uh, the Dippy Dots, and, and now you get a chance to possibly play in the, in the NHL. Rashad, are you the e-bug for the Owen Sound Attack home games? Oh, absolutely. I've got some demands, though, so they're going to have to talk to my agent. I think Rashad's just behind the head of Cubby. <laughs> Not even the full costume. 
We had several people reach out with questions about the Detroit Red Wings, who fired Jeff Blaschel on the weekend after missing the playoffs again. I know, Matt, you want to talk about this. Was it time for Blaschel to go? Uh, yeah, and we'll talk to uh, our, our buddy Magic Curtis uh, Kelloward on uh, Friday in the OT because he's a, a Michigan boy and a Red Wings fan too. Um, but yeah, it absolutely was time to go. Look, I, I think he lost the, the, the team and I think we saw that at the end of the year because some of the scores of those games were ludicrous. They're losing 7-2, 8-1, all of these crazy uh, crazy scores. Um, you know, Not beating the Panthers 10-2, but hey, we can't all be Montreal. Um, but for for Blash, like when he was coaching and when he came in and when he came in from Babcock, he was a, a Babcock student coaching in Grand Rapids. And the thing that was always in his corner was he was considered a great development coach. That he did a great job in in the AHL and got those uh, those players up and ready for the NHL. You can argue that however however you want. My argument is he's in the NHL now. He's got the maybe the best farm system and fountain of youth coming up and there's a lot of misses with this team so far there haven't been the steps you know dylan larkin took the step this year but dylan larkin on a stanley cup team is probably a third line center you know you've got guys like rasmussen uh you know valano the smiths you know, there's there's a lot of guys that played real well in the AHL that are highly touted, that were high draft picks, that are, are still trying to find their way. And for the the key characteristic of your head coach to be a development coach and not seeing these guys develop and still having them get sent back and forth in the AHL, it's not enough. So not only did he not, I think, develop these guys very well, uh, or, or has seen the development that we were expecting as fans for these guys. I think he also, from the end of the year, like you can't keep losing 7-2 and 8-1 in all these games and say that these, these guys believe in you. I think they mailed it in at the end of the season, and, and somebody's got to pay the price for that. Yeah, he was on the bench for seven seasons, one playoff appearance. Yeah. And, and that was early, too. Yeah. Like, was, that wasn't just the middle of the thing or anything team. building. That yeah. was not his team. Yeah. yeah. And finished with a losing record, 204 wins, 261 losses, and 72 overtime losses, or mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. however you want to call that. So really, if you think about it, he had 330 mm-hmm. losses, 333 losses to be exact, compared sure. to 204 wins. Like, it's it's time to go. Like, this is a results-based league, a results-based yeah. sport. If you're not winning, if you're losing the team, as you said, then it's time to go. Like, I don't blame him completely for the lack of development that you talked about. Like, maybe it's just a case that the scouts got it wrong. You obviously got great scouts who pick Cider, who pick Rain, mm-hmm. and some of these other guys, maybe not so much. However, in saying that, it's a results-based league. It's time to go. Yeah. You know, there's guys like, like Zadina is the perfect example. I and mean, he was really highly touted. He was. And- he was of the, you know, the other, uh, he's not an Iserman pick, so fine. You know, I don't know what the scouting staff turnover was like when, when Iserman took over. But he was very highly touted, and he still can't stick in the NHL. And that, to me, is, is a, you know, the guy that, that's leading the way that was touted as a, a development coach, that's on him that this kid's not where 
he needs to be. And the NFL draft was held on the weekend. Tom, Rich, Bob, Chris, and Lindsay all sent in emails wanting to get our thoughts on the winners of draft weekend in the NFL. Fellows, who you got? Well, this will be a surprise. This will blow you out of the water who he thinks was a winner in draft weekend. But you got to pick them as a winner, too. Like the Philadelphia Eagles had a fantastic draft, Matt. Come on. you got to pick them as a winner. Absolutely. They're the, they are the top, I think. Like Baltimore had a good draft. Even your Detroit Lions got they some got talent, right? Some like great player. Aiden Hutchinson fell into their lap at number two. Loved the ballsy <laughs> move to go up 20 spots to get arguably the best wide receiver in the draft at number yep. 12. But the Eagles picked Jordan Davis, a 341-pound monster of a man who runs the 40-yard dash in under five seconds. Like, That's crazy. Come on. And then you go out and use your second first-round pick to get one of the best young receivers in the entire NFL. A.J. Brown is only 24 years old. It is unbelievable that the Eagles turned two first-round picks into a wide receiver who's a stud right now and a guy who's going to be a stud for years to come. And remember, they traded their other first-rounder for a first-round next year. So I think it's a fantastic draft for the Philadelphia Eagles. No, absolutely. I, I think they did extremely well. That was some Kevin Costner draft day stuff that they were pulling out there. <laughs> great, so, great reference. Great reference. Somehow you turn one pick into six guys and, and make it work. No, I, I think that was a, I think that was a great draft. I think the Lions had a really good draft. Um, you know, I, for for what it is, and, and um, you know, reading on on some of the other teams, I was surprised that there wasn't as many trades. I guess. This time around, that were were significant, but yeah, the the Ravens were good, but I think the Eagles win the weekend. Yeah, New York Jets also I thought did really well. Again, they had two uh, high picks, top ten picks, obviously in the first round, but then they went up again mm-hmm. and got a guy who had fallen. I think that was a pretty bold and ballsy move. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that everybody's got a hard on now for wide receivers like? I know. This draft was all about wide receivers. And especially the Green Bay Packers. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> wait a second. Although I didn't like their move. I didn't mind their moves in the first round. They got two key defensive players after the run on wide receivers went. Aaron Rodgers can turn John Rashad into an all-pro wide receiver. Remember the catch from Chicago? Like, come on. Jumbo John. He's got hands. Jumbo hands. Are you ready? And now it's time for rapid fire. Manny, you were right about the Sixers. They beat the Raptors in the first round of the NBA playoffs. But can the Sixers get by the Miami Heat? Okay, rapid Rochelle. We got to be rapid here. Can the Sixers get by Miami? No. Especially with the injury to Joel Embiid. I think what we saw in the series against the Raptors, besides him flopping a lot, is the fact that Philly has no offense, not a lot of offense, when Embiid is on the floor. He makes everyone else better. You know, Maxi had a great series for Philly, but that was because the Raptors were really focused on covering Embiid. 
It opened up the floor for him. It opened up the floor for Danny Green. Tobias Harris, without Embiid on the floor, that's going to be tough for the Sixers to beat Miami. What do you need in the NBA to win? You need one, two really good players on the floor all the time. Joel Embiid is absolutely that for them, but when he's hurt, he's just not. And this is the you know the the James Harden hater podcast. Even though I know little about <laughs> basketball, but he's not the guy anymore. Um, he's not going to win the series, and that's really what he—that's what they would need to win this series. Is James Harden would have to take this whole thing over and basically say up and down the the bench, "I got this," and he's just not that guy anymore. We have a baseball question from Steve in Amherstburg. He's wondering if we had the New York Mets as the team that would deliver the first no hitter of the season. In retrospect, I think the Mets probably would have been a really good bet to pull off the first no hitter. But to do it with five guys, I wouldn't have put money on that. No, and I love the team no-hitter. There's something to me that's even more impressive of a team no-hitter than an individual one because it's different guys, it's different pitches, it's different scenarios. Guys that are coming in in the seventh inning, like, you know, you see guys, these bullpen pitchers that are coming in in different scenarios. So you're bringing in a lefty to face a lefty and there's runners on second and third and there's one out and they're they're always scenario based and, and kind of play based with these guys they're coming in they were all coming in i believe in clean innings uh there may have been one that came in in the in the middle of an inning but you're coming in knowing we haven't given up a hit yet you know that's a different kind of feeling i'm sure and for them to go through four or five guys and keep it all together and throw hitless innings in in relief there's something about that that impresses me a little bit more than just the groove you see of guys that throw no hitters on their own goes nine straight innings because they they're just feeling it or this guy was pulled in the fifth inning and still they throw a no hitter come on Matt it's easier with five guys come on like (laughs) you bring in a new guy the hitter's got to retrain his eye all over again Come on. Once he got used to a starting pitcher, by the third, fourth time in the order, you might have his number. Come on, Matt. It's easier with five guys. It, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's harder and it's more impressive with a team because if you batted against the same guy three times, you've got more looks. Now you've got guys, like you said, that you haven't seen before that are now coming into new scenarios in the game. And they, ha- they also have to get no hits. Where starting pitchers move through the game, they get used to facing different guys. That's not the case when you have five different individuals that come in that all have to basically hold serve and not just not give up a run with one out and a runner on third base. Don't You can't give up a hit because the guys before you have. That's not easy to do. Come on, from a hitter's perspective, it's way more difficult facing five guys. But they're hit, they're facing maybe three of them. Like they're not all. It's not Forrest Lake at all. They're not going through the lineup every time. Could you imagine? That would be, imagine some of the scores. You want to increase the offense. I want we keep the shift, but you bat every nine, all nine guys every inning. Somehow I feel like the games would be shorter. And speaking of baseball, Paul from Windsor sent us a question. After Trevor Bauer was suspended for two seasons by Major League Baseball as part of that sexual assault investigation, Paul wants to know if Bauer's career is over. I think with with the the suspension, I think it is. Um, Two years is a is a long time to be away from the game, 
and then to have to come back into the game after that. It's going to be a tough place. I mean, he, he's a good pitcher. You know, it, it would never surprise me in, in this day and age in the world of sport if this guy gets a job in two years and because everybody needs a second chance and, and everything that we hear from every executive or every type of executive from every sport. But two years away from the game coming back, like he'll get a spring training invite. He may get some sort of a, a minor league or, or two-way deal. But I don't think he's he's going to be an impact pitcher like he was when he left. 83 wins over his career. Uh, that has spanned since he started in 2012. So 10 years, 11 mm-hmm. seasons, right? And he's 31 years old right now. Um, I think it's going to be tough for him to come back. And then I think some teams are really going to be uh, a really shy off in today's world that they don't want somebody who, um, even if it's just allegations and haven't been proven, but these sexual assault allegations, this investigation is pretty serious. I think some teams don't want to touch them. And the fact that it's still, like you said, it's still allegations, but that they've come out and added two years to this says enough for me. There's something there, right? Yeah. Manny, this one is for you, but feel free to weigh in, Matt. Shea Weber was criticized on social media for not being at the Guy Lafleur ceremony at the Habs game. Some Montreal fans sent us emails wanting to get our opinion. Fair or foul? This might have been the stupidest thing I saw on social media. Like, the guy hasn't even played a game. It's not his fault the team still let him have the C. He gave his heart and soul, played on one leg with one hand, and took them all the way to the Stanley Cup playoffs last year. Now you're turning on him because he wasn't at the ceremony in Montreal two days after they found out Guy Lafleur passed away? He's in BC for Pete's sake. He called the family. He's attended the funeral in Quebec. Like, come on. Give the guy a break. This, this, These are just fans that are looking to cause shit. And I hate it. I think it's disgusting that he wasn't there. No. Oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> this was Guy Lafleur. This is, you drop everything because the hockey world just stopped Shea Weber. Ungrateful. <laughs> Good for nothing. <laughs> he was on the phone the very next hour. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't even say, I can't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> you bums. <laughs> I know there are Habs fans listening to this who are screaming at their car radio or earbuds or whatever they're using. But come on. <laughs> Don't make us look like Leaf fans right now. This is a Toronto Maple Leaf fan thing to pull off. This is oh, not you're, Montreal Canadiens fan. You're telling me if one of the all-time great Toronto Maple Leafs passed away and Jake Muzzin would be there. Jake Muzzin would drop everything to be there. It's just it's just not having any respect for, for one of the great franchises. Like, that's all I see from Shea Weber there. Go back to Nashville where you don't have any history. You don't have to worry about anybody. <laughs> Nobody knows who you are. Come on. 
Michelle, moving along. Before we get to pump it or dump it, how about the performance from Buffalo Sabres goalie Malcolm Subban singing the U.S. national anthem? Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave? I did not know Malcolm Subban could sing. That was pretty amazing. That was good. And, and I love both teams' reactions. Both teams were loving it at the end. I got a good feeling. I don't even know what song we're doing. That, that might be the puppet song of the episode right there. I might listen to that song more than I listen to the, the actual puppet or dumping one. The Star Spangled Banner. Okay, Rashad, what do you got? Don't you know, pump it up. You got to pump it up. The song is a submission from Jessica in Windsor. I can put you in. The song is called First Class by Jack Harlow, which samples Glamorous from Fergie. So guys, for Jessica, pump it or dump it? You know what? Subban is a little bit better. (laughs) Come on! I gotta listen a minute and 40 seconds into this song for this guy to do something original. That's a great sample of Fergie. I'm saying pump it. I'm going to pump this. You've, you've always been pretty glamorous. So, <laughs> Listen, I'm no Jumbo John. But, uh, Jumbo think, John. But I think I'm pretty good. And that does it for another debate on Rapid Fire. Well, sadly, this podcast is coming to an end. But... <laughs> We need the uh, the Van Tra- the Von Trapp family. This is so long, farewell. <laughs> Dump it. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not done for long. Don't worry. Set your alarm for Friday because we're going to be talking about the Kentucky Derby. The first Saturday in May, we've got Curtis Kelloward, RacingDudes.com, coming on the show. He's going to help us pick some horses He's going to talk Red Wings. We're going to talk about his life in California. Pretty much everything to do with with my best friend, Curtis. Self-proclaimed best friend, Curtis. We'll kind of find out where he is with that. But coming hey, I, need, Friday. I need a horse, too. I, I no. need to pick a horse. I don't have a horse yet for Saturday. Oh, Rashad's still betting greyhounds. So. <laughs> <laughs> we want to thank our sponsors again on this episode. London Awnings, quality that shows... And Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics in Windsor. Happy belated birthday to Shane. Uh, I saw him. Uh, He's looking great. Great to see him. Back into his sport training and nutrition programs. Go check him out at Next Level Athletics. Another soccer coach. Another guy we've got in our our soccer coach circle. Top five? Yep. Put yep. in the top five. Absolutely. Well, if you guys had half as much fun listening to this as I did actually doing it, (laughs) then we'll we'll see you again on Friday for the OT (laughs) thanks again for listening to For Future Considerations that was a disgraceful performance in my opinion in my opinion that sucked their mentality's awful their attitude's awful it's been their MO for the last three years
Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.